Today's video is brought to you by StoryboardThat.com. Please visit TeacherCast.net slash StoryboardThat for a limited time offer. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Tech Educator Podcast, episode number 61. It is a beautiful day here in Philadelphia. It is August 3rd. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. With me, as always, is my trusty co-host, Mr. Sam Patterson. Sam, how are you tonight? How are things out in California, and how was Google training? Google training was amazing. California is beautiful. I'm back to the northern part of the state, which seems to be trying less hard to kill me than the southern part of the state was. So it's, you know, not as hot, very pleasant. I am in my tech lab classroom, which they've cleared all of the computers out of, and we're turning it into a maker space. And right now it's just at the intermediary mess stage you have a lot of stuff going on i see your green screen i see some lights and that's going to go into the topic that we're talking tonight video production now it wasn't too long ago that we did a great show in fact we actually did a month on video production and final cut pro 10 i'm sure you remember sam we had some great guests like john carippo on he was showing us how to use apple final cut pro in your classroom and you know while we were doing that we had mentioned some of the companion programs to Apple Final Cut, one of them being called Apple Motion. Now, if you just got done watching the intro to the Tech Educator podcast here, you'll notice that we did two Apple Motion projects. And today we have a great guest on. He's going to show us all about how to use Apple Motion, how to create templates in Apple Motion, and also how to integrate it with your favorite video editor, Final Cut Pro. I want to bring on to the show Mr. Dason Ortiz. Dason, how are you today? Hello, Jeffrey. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is uh, Dason Ortiz. I'm a video editor, motion graphic artist, and I also do training and consultation. And I've been doing this passionately for 30 years, and I've been doing this professionally for 20 years, for over 20 years. That is an amazing resume right there. Um, what kind of tips do you have for the classroom teacher that's just now starting into video editing? Um, pretty much the advice I give anybody is just jump in and start playing around. The tools have gotten so much easier than they ever have been. So you can pretty much get in there, grab some footage and just start hacking away. If you get stuck in anything, just go into Google, type in a search and you can find your answers right away. Now, um, Sam, do you know about this Google thing he's talking about? You know, I know a little bit about Google, and what I know even more about is how important it is for teachers to constantly be trying out new things as digital content creators, which is why I'm so excited that we've got Dason talking to us about these tools, because as he said, like, video production now is so different from video production a year ago, and when I first looked at creating videos for my class, it had to involve a lot of equipment and a lot of wait time and you had to compromise on quality even then but now every day the our devices are more and more powerful in fact I just got this new YouTube phone 
It's designed specifically for creating video for YouTube. I, I actually stole it from Google headquarters. What does the other side of that phone look like? It might look exactly like a iPhone 4S that I put a sticker on. Why you got to ruin everything, Jeff? Jason, talk to us a little bit about <laughs> Apple Motion. Why would somebody want to venture away from Final Cut and use Apple Motion? Um, I wouldn't say venture away. You just want to use it with Final Cut. Um, Good distinction. I think, I think the strength with it comes that you can make an animation template just like you have in your opening, and it's something you're going to use over and over and over again. You just want to replace the footage that's inside those animations quickly, then you do it inside of Final Cut. So you first create your template, you create your animation inside of Motion, and then inside of Final Cut, you can just swap out the footage easily and just render, and you're done. Now, we're, of course, live here every single Sunday night at TeacherCast.tv. We have a healthy audience tonight. I want to give a big shout-out there to Craig, Peggy, and all others out there. If you guys have a question, please bring it up in the chat. We will bring it up to Dason. Dason, could you do a little screencast for us? Show us what Apple Motion actually is. Sure. All right. Can you see the screen? Yeah, uh, it's a little black right now. Uh, there it is. All right, let me break everything down. Uh, this is Motion uh, software. It's made by Apple. It uh, works in conjunction with Final Cut. So whatever I create as far as templates inside of Motion, I can actually take it over to Final Cut so I can use those templates inside of Final Cut. Um, as you can see here, this is the basic screen. This is my, my player, my play, my play video. And this is an animation I did. It took me about 15 minutes to do uh, for your website, which is something that you requested that you wanted something that looks like your website. So I decided to play around and see what I can come up with really quick. Uh, as far as how motion is laid out, you have pretty much your inspector tools. And these are your tools that allow you to control anything you, be, you can be creating in here, which could be your text, your drawing tools, um, the properties, which is the positioning of where everything goes, can be done from here. You can add your reflections, drop zones, I mean drop shadows. Um, you also have your library, so if you need to find media, you can do that. Bring it in here. Oh, sorry, that's a file browser. And then you also have your library, which is uh, motion comes with pre-made, um, I call them filters. They have uh, generators. They also have uh, replicators, and you get to see a quick little preview in there. And these are things you can just add to your animations that are already pre-made and ready for you to use. So motion, the, the thing I like about motion, it can be very simple for someone to just get in and start playing around with and create something really cool, or it can be really advanced for someone that needs more hardcore animations. So could you show us how you did what you did. Obviously, you took a screen cap of the new TeacherCast sure. site, and then you put this arrow on it. What, what is all that? Okay, this arrow is what I was telling you before. It's called a drop zone. And what the drop zone is is pretty much a placeholder. And you can, inside of Final Cut or inside of Motion, so if you have any teacher, any of your teachers that do not want to go to Final Cut and they just want to keep using iMovie, you can just use uh, Motion on its own. I believe the price right now is less than $50 for this piece of software, and you can do all your animations. So, for example, if I go into my file browser and I choose some pictures, I can just drag it onto that drop zone, 
Let me go back. Let's start from the beginning. I can just drag it onto those drop zones and it actually replaces that placeholder or what we call drop zones with the image. That's really cool. So let's go forward a little bit more and just uh, let's say you drop another one. And here's another one here. So right there, just a matter of seconds, I, I, I customize the template even further. And I can do the same with text. I can add my own text and make it so it's edible inside of Final Cut. And inside of Final Cut, I can just update my text uh, to whatever text for that week or for that show needs to be. So that's pretty much the, how the basis of how drop zones work. And so then you also have this, this rotating thing going on. Correct. Um, whoever used to, anybody used to edit in, um, in After Effects to do compositing or, or Premiere or any of the other animation programs, usually we use what's called keyframing. And keyframes are just pretty much point of references. So if you want to move something from here to over here, there'll be two keyframes. First, you'll set a keyframe to tell the computer where you want to start. And then you move the timeline down a second and you put another position, and then you add another keyframe. So in one second, you're going to go from one area to another. The beauty of motion is that you do not need to use keyframes. You can just use what's called behaviors. And let me show you what I mean by that. And behaviors are just, um, I guess, how, how do I explain it? Um, pretty much preset animations or preset uh controls that you can give something without having to to add any keyframes and, and makes it a lot easier for someone to just get in there and start playing around. So for example, with this spin I had, I have three different behaviors. So I'll turn them off with this check mark. I can turn them off or on. So for now, I'll turn off those three, which is called a sweep. And if I just use this sweep right here, from zero all the way to to about 2.15, it's going to do this sweep. And if I may want to make it longer or shorter, it happens quicker. If I want the sweep to happen a little longer, then I just think all I do is I stretch this out. So I don't have to select keyframes. I don't have to grab any keyframes. All I have to do is just drag this forward or back for how long I want that effect to happen. And if I want to control the parameters of that, I just go into my inspector tool. And I'll go to that sweep, which usually I name everything. But since I was doing this really quick, I didn't take my chance to, uh, I didn't get a chance to uh, name everything. But I can pretty much set it where I want the, the position to start or where I want the uh, rotation to start. So right now I have it at negative 90, but I can bring that to be negative 48 and I want it to end at positive 55 as how many degrees the rotation is going to happen. So if I play it back, see it goes a little further. Nice. And that's so just, just, that seems very easy to do. It's very simple. It's a lot easier than having to add keyframes. And the cool thing about it is like if you play it back and you say, oh, it happened too quickly. Let me turn these other ones off. If it happened too quickly and I want it to be a little slower, I can just, all I have to do is pull this back. So now I want the duration to go from 48 degrees negative to positive 55 
and I want it to happen in about six seconds, that's all I had to do. And then I hit play, and you see that's going to take now six seconds to go from negative 48 degrees to positive 55 degrees. Now, now if I want to add more rotation, a little more, then I can add another sweep. And this sweep now controls, oh, the first sweep I had it controlling on the tilt x-axis. So the rotation is happening on the x-axis. So there's x, y, and z, which is a 3D um, representation of, 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 of the position in 3D fields. So if you want to add another sweep, and I want this one to actually rotate on the z-axis, I just add another sweep, sweep, and I can stretch this out to six seconds. And then I can set it from 61 or whatever I wanted to, and I can add positive 20, 33 degrees. And then when I hit play, now you have two rotations happening at the same time. Now, Dason, let me ask you about a possible use case here. Looking sure. at these behaviors and the drop zones, if I was a teacher working in a situation where kids had access to video equipment, and I had them, let's say we were in a math class, and I had them working on a math problem, and they took a couple pictures of what they were doing. Could I send the, the this piece with the drop zones to the students, and they could, for example, at one point I could ask them, put a picture of the math problem you were trying to solve here, put step one here, put step two here, and then that template could guide them to making a video about their learning process? Um, you can share your templates with your students. I mean, you can create this template, and once you save it, they can open it up in their motion software, and they can add their own drop zones, and then they send back that motion file. And when you save something, let's save as for something new, you can do what's called copy to folder. So whatever images they drop into those drop zones is going to be copied into its own folder. So all they need to do is send you that folder and it's going to include, include all their images or videos or whatever they added to that animation. So you could really scaffold your students into creating some pretty impressive videos by pre-creating these animations and giving them spots to put their content into it. Exactly. They can add their own content that you have the whole animation. And the cool thing is that pretty much everything that's animated, mostly everything that's animated can actually be, uh, you can add perimeters to it. Um, but actually, before I move on, I, I did want to bring up a good point that you, as far as teaching students, right there, what we're learning right here is actually math as far as degrees, access, Z, X, Y, and Z axis you're actually learning something. So students can actually learn hands-on what does it mean by controlling something or moving something at 33 degrees on a z-axis. So this actually can become a learning tool. And that's one thing I like about a lot of 3D animation programs, especially Blender, is that you can learn geometry, you can learn physics, you can learn all these advanced math by actually doing it hands-on using animation software. Now, I know this is going into a completely new direction we didn't really talk about, but in addition to doing X, Y, and Z access, you can go three-dimensionals on this. There, there's a couple of questions here in the chats about, is this just making flashy stuff, or is this really to enhance learning? You can take this 
2D image and really make it into some 3D concept, can't you? With camera angles and stuff. Yes, I can add a camera. And actually what I'm controlling right here is the camera. So I'm controlling the Z-axis of my camera and the X-axis. This behavior can be added to my cameras. And they also have behaviors that I can actually add to my objects. So I can not only control my camera, but I can also add all those effects also. They also have behaviors for objects themselves. So I can, this is actually in 3D space. As soon as I add a camera, I'm actually working in a 3D space. So I can move around this. Um, let me see if I can, see I can move. That's actually the camera moving behind an object and in front of an object. We see that little uh, red, blue, green triangle thing there. That, that's, that's the representation of the camera? Yes, this is my camera controls. I can, you know, position the camera up and down, left and right. I can rotate the camera around an object, around in the in Z in three um, D space, and I can also zoom in and zoom out, or move my camera in and out, or we like to call dolly in and dolly out. You know, Jason, it seems like to bring an an object in and to create something like this from scratch, where I'll be honest, it's a little intimidating. Once you kind of have the concept for how things work, it's not that difficult to pick up. I mean, the idea of drop zones and the idea of spinning things and behaviors. Could you back out of this a little bit and talk to us about some of the templates? I know, um, you know, when we made our Final Cut video earlier this year, we used one of your templates. Could you show us how to grab a template online that maybe another teacher or another designer did and how to manipulate something that's already pre-made as if maybe your teacher did it and you were the, you know, from the point of view of the students? Uh, sure. Actually, you know what? If you want, I can show you one of the templates I'm working on right now. Would love to. All right, perfect. Uh, pretty much templates, the, the beauty of, of Final Cut is that um, it's opened up a huge community of, of, of people creating templates. Uh, and a big part is you can find a lot of them for free. If you go to fcp.co, uh, you go to their forum, there's actually a section of the forum called plugins and templates, and you'll find people putting up templates every day, and some of them are really amazing uh, templates and, and free. So you can use those templates for, for different projects, and some people do requests, like, oh, I have this idea for a template. Can anybody help me out? And actually, people are very helpful there, and they can actually do something that's tailored to what you need. And you'll be really impressed on how powerful this community has, has grown. Uh, so that's a great website to visit also if you want to learn, which is called fcp.co. We will make sure that we have that in the in the chat notes. While you're getting your other template in, let me bring Sam into here. Sam, now there's a lot of stuff that, you know, we have a very healthy chat room right here. And it's really revolving around classroom use. I mean, a lot of people right now in the chat room are saying, why do I need this? Why? How do I use this for you know in the classroom? Is we don't have all this stuff. It's expensive, and you know it's true. You can go onto Google and do free video editing. You can use Keynote, which is free, and do animations. Um, you know we we video people like to defend Apple and say, well, it's three hundred bucks, but Final Cut Pro Seven was a thousand dollars. So it's extremely less expensive than it used to. And, and I know Peggy brought this up. Is this professional software or is this classroom software? And your response to that was they're really one and the same. Where are you with all of this technology right now? 
Well, you know, I think that I do a lot of work with whatever is in my hand and whatever my school has to start with. Um, but inevitably, at different points in the year, there's always questions about what software should we be moving towards, what's valuable out there. Um, we don't have the tools to use this on our campus right now, but we are getting a cart of Mac laptops sometime in the near future. And, you know, I'm pushing to get Final Cut Pro on those so we can do some good video work uh, that has some more tools available. And the way that I could see doing something like this is initially the teacher is creating templates that the kids can populate in order to create high-quality video projects. But with all of the tools I've used, inevitably that means a student is going to want to figure that out and do that work also. So I think, you know, as teachers, we're always looking at tomorrow, but we've always kind of got our eyes on the horizon, too. And when you think about the tools that come with iMovie, which are like those, those uh, movie trailer templates, I'm looking forward to a day when there are flipped class templates so that I can open the template titled Mini Lesson, and I know I have to take a picture that's going to be the center of the logo for that, and then I have to record a quick introduction, then I have to record the lesson, then I record, you know, a quick closing. And there's spots for closing, introduction, you know, action lesson movie or whatever in the template. So, so it seems like if you were creating a template for yourself or, let's say, for something... Like, let's say the Craig Yen show. Let's say you were creating a template for that. What kind of things do you think, Sam, you would need ahead of time if you were going to, say, create an intro for I don't the Craig Yen show? Well, and I think, you know, why even think of just the intro? Let's think of, like, the Craig Yen show, right? So you'd have a spot where you would drop in whatever the image was for that week. You'd have a little drop zone for that. You'd have another drop zone that would be, like, the the Ed Chat image of the week, another drop zone that would be the NT Chat image of the week, another one that would be the Sat Chat image of the week. And at each of those, you could then break and go to Craig telling you what happened on Ed Chat last week, what's going to happen this coming week, and you just kind of go through each of those, and you've got them in there already so that as he's in the chats in the week, he can just pull those images down and then populate this thing, and the structure of the show basically builds itself because he built it thoughtfully once. I think that's a great idea, and uh, it doesn't seem like it's that difficult to do. Jason, I see you've changed over your your template here. What are we looking at exactly? Uh, this is a template I made I'm working on right now. It's just a, a multi um, a multi screen, I guess I call it a, wall, a media wall of uh, different drop zones. And um, the cool thing I was going to show you, and one thing I wanted to point out really quick, you were talking about Final Cut being professional and what we can do with it. Um, one thing that I, I think people do not realize is that you can open up iMovie projects inside of Final Cut. So if you have a, a classroom and you want to save on the budget and not have to give Final Cut to every student, you can just start on iMovies and have one person that's really good at Final Cut and have everybody else start doing uh, rough cuts or uh, entry cuts to a production. It could be a short little movie or an instructional or whatever the student's working on and actually open it up inside of Final Cut and then just do the final edit inside of Final Cut. 
So what does this template do here if you oh, hit the sorry. play button? All right. And what I wanted to show you in this, in this one, it doesn't do much, but the, the power of this one lies inside of here. So that could be, Sam, like for, for Craig to have multiple shows and multiple chats, he might use a template like this. Right. You know, maybe that template has the image from each of the chats he's going to talk about, and he, it just zooms him back and forth. Well, I also added parameters to this template. So if you don't have 12 images, you can go from 2 all the way up to 12. So if you only have, let's say, 5 images or 6 images, you can just drop it down to 6. So it's going to automatically populate this one being number 1 all the way to number to 12. So this is customizable. And I just wanted to show you with this template that all these parameters are published. So once I create my template, I can go in there and say, OK, what do I want to be able to customize inside of Final Cut? So all these settings will show up inside of Final Cut. So you can make it as complex or as simple as you want. So for example, I wanted to change the border color. I can change that right here or inside of Final Cut. I can do it in Motion or in Final Cut. You don't need Final Cut to use templates. So you, you don't have to use Final Cut. You can just use uh, Motion, which is less than $50, to create these kind of animations and then export it and use iMovie, Premiere, or whatever editing program you want. Uh, if you want to change the background color, you can do that too. You can um, turn off the background if you want it to just be transparent. You can leave turn off the reflection, leave on the reflection. Uh, so what I was trying to explain is that once you create an animation, you can add parameters to different um, settings on your animation. So I can adjust the width on my drop zones. I can adjust the roundness. And I can add more and more. I try to keep my templates as simple as possible. And if people want to add more uh, customization, they just have to go into, um, into the actual layer. And they just can, for example, here, if they want to add a uh, a parameter to the opacity, all they have to do is right mouse click, I mean click on this little arrow here, and then click publish. And when they click publish, that setting will automatically show up inside of your project. You see right here? The opacity parameter. So that parameter is going to show up in Final Cut or inside of Motion. It's all set right here. So nobody has to really dive into the actual animation itself. They can just go into the parameters. Uh, two questions that came up here when you were talking about that. Somebody says, can you use Apple Motion with iMovie instead of Final Cut? And I think the answer is it's a yes and a no, right? If you if you make a motion project, you can export it and then put it into iMovie, right? But you can't do some of these technical things. Uh, the technical things. What I would do if I use them on iMovie, and you never know. Apple's always changing things. I wouldn't be surprised if eventually you can. That's just going to open up their market even further. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they're probably working on right now. But what, what I would do if I'm using just iMovie is I would use Motion to drop in my drop zones, you know, just for example. And once I have them all in, you know, set the colors, set all the parameters the way I want, and then I just go into share and just export the movie. And then I just bring that movie inside in, into iMovie. So it's just one extra step, and if you want to change it, just go back into, uh, into 
into motion and do it. But like I said, it's less than $50 and it's a one-time payment instead of doing like a subscription base, which other software is doing. They have to pay every month, which can, you know, it can accumulate after a few years. With this, you pay $50 and you can just use this and then export the movie and bring it into iMovie or whatever software you're using. The other question here, and I'm glad you were talking about publishing, and this might go a little bit too technical here, but um, if a teacher was creating a template for their kids, they can, of course, choose what parameters the kids are allowed to adjust, right? Correct. Correct. You can have as many or as little as you want. And I, I try to keep mine as simple as possible just to make it easier for people to get in there. But if they want to, if they download it, or if you download a template from whatever place you get your templates in, you can go in there and add your own parameters as well. If you say, yeah, I want to add more control and more more wow or more more finesse to it, you can. So, so you can take them off or add them on as well. So Sam, you know, just as a practical thing here, if you were doing this with an elementary class, you might want to not publish as much as possible and just tell your kids to add pictures to the drop zones. And then maybe when you come around to like chapter two, then you can actually do some changing of the drop zones and moving color and then adding text. And then maybe chapter three could be changing the fonts of the text. And you can just keep, you know, adding different things onto these parameters. And, you know, so, uh, you know, a lot of questions are coming up here in the chat of, can this be used for elementary school? Absolutely. This can be used for elementary school. Mm hmm. I find this to be one of the simplest animation programs out there. I mean, I used to use After Effects. I used After Effects since version one. And I, I think it's a great piece of software. But if, for someone that wants to get in there and start learning, this is the one I recommend just because it's so, to me, it's so much easier to use and understand because there's not that much in there. So. Before we get into our next topic, which is going to be crossing motion and Final Cut and how all that marries, back to the iMovie idea. Can you show us a little bit about exporting? Because there's a lot of different options when you export. Do you export in high def? Which kind of high def? Do you do it? Take us through the exporting process here. There's a lot of people asking about this. Uh, well, if you go into your motion software and you go to share it pretty much tells you all the different settings that you can share to your Apple devices, to a DVD, to Blu-ray. Uh, email is great because uh, I know in Final Cut, I, don't, I haven't used it in Motion yet, but I know in, in Final Cut, you can click on email. What it does, it compresses the file to less than 10 megabytes, so it'll fit in any email, which is great for if you need to email this to a client or to a teacher or whatever, it can fit inside an email. And then you got your others, which is like YouTube, Facebook. And what you do is when you share to YouTube, all you have to do is put in your credentials, and it compresses the movie to YouTube um, quality settings, and it uploads it for you automatically. So you just pretty much just click share YouTube, set your parameters, and just walk away. And then when it's on YouTube, I'll let you know it's, it's, it's been exported to, to YouTube. But for people that are going to use this in iMovie, what I would use is export movie. And when you click on that, you go into your export um, settings. Uh, most people use Apple ProRes 422. Uh, if you're really hard on space, I would recommend you use Apple, Apple ProRes 422 LT, which from what I understand, the quality difference is fairly, not even noticeable. So that's what I would recommend. Proxy is actually a smaller, more compressed file. That's really good. That's what we use if we're just doing um, what's called proofs or just for approval purposes. 
And, as far but, as good quality, I will stick with the Apple ProRes. And and just in case there's a question, because I know these questions come up, we're we're talking about something called a codec here. When yes, what can you can you give the layman's definition for Apple ProRes four two two? Excuse me. Can, what what does that mean when you say that? Because because a lot of us out there are not used to doing video editing or video exporting. Oh sure, uh, Apple ProRes. You know, through the years, there have always been tons of codecs coming out. Apple has their own codec, which is just the uh, the way the files, I guess, ca uh, compressed or the way the files translated. Um, Apple ProRes is really the one that's used right now for professionals, and it, it, it just makes it easier because if you want something that's really low quality, you start at proxy. If you want better quality, you go to LT. If you want higher quality, 422, and then you can go into the higher ones. And usually the higher ones are more reserved for if you're doing chroma keying and you need all that color information, or if you have any alpha channels, then you start using the higher ones. But more, mostly you use the 422s. It's a, it's a great quality, great for broadcast qualities. I find it to be the most cleanest exports that I have found is Apple ProRes. And I have also found it to be the most preferable codec used by most professionals as far as video exports go. So let's move from exports into the marriage here. How does motion go hand in hand with Final Cut? Because our templates at the beginning of the show, one of them was fully designed in motion, and sure. one of them was fully designed as a template that I bypassed motion and I moved into Final Cut and just simply used drop zones. How do these things go hand in hand? Well, once you're done with the animation, so if I'm done with this animation here, what I do is I go into... Um, and at this stage where you are, obviously you've got empty drop zones. Is it easier for you to import this into Final Cut without the, the, the pictures in? and Or is it easier just to do everything here and then import it? And you know, Obviously we haven't talked about adding movies and, or adding, you know, adding movies or even adding music to this. I leave it blank. Whenever I create templates, I like to leave it blank, uh, just because you're going to switch them anyway. And it, anytime you add movies, if you have it save as, it's going to bring all those images into the folder. So if you want to conserve space, I leave it blank because it's only using one image, which is this drop zone with the arrow on it. Instead of having 12 images placed into a folder to share, you're only sharing one image because it's being used over and over. It's that same image used over and over which makes it a lot easier to share and also lets people know, hey, this is a placeholder. You can replace it with whatever you want inside of Final Cut or, or if you want to change it later. So it's it's a one people, especially that have been using motion templates for a while, see this, they know, oh, this is a placeholder. I can share with anything I want. Nice. Is that, okay. So how do you export that into Final Cut? All right, let's go back to the... Um, because I already saved this as a template. Let me go to this one that we have uh, that I recreated for you. Let me turn everything back on here. All right, so now I want to save this as a, as a, as a template. Why is it coming up here? Hold on. Let me reboot motion. I so for some reason it's missing. Hold, give me one second. 
Sounds great. Now, Sam, how do you see programs like this being used? I mean, is this something here that, I mean, would you ever go into an ed camp and demonstrate this? Or is this something that you really would probably want to do like a hands-on one-to-one workshop with teachers? I'd want a, a longer hands-on workshop where they actually had it in front of them so that you could first have them playing with the template that's created, then thinking about what template they would want, and then actually giving them time to start on building that template. Um, an ed camp, I think, is a little too informal. This, you know, I would like a first experience with this to be, you know, probably a two-hour workshop so you have actually time to get all the way through the process of, you know, creating something even if it is something mm-hmm. really short and could you see yourself using a program like apple motion to make something along with the edu puppets definitely i mean i think that um as i'm looking at the the video blogging that waka does a uh, template like this would be a great way to build that episode so that each time I was going in, I was just essentially dropping the content I wanted into the right spot and not having to go through building the visual look of each episode every time. Templates are really powerful, and typically a lot of teachers stopped using templates when they gave up their Blackline Masters in the photocopy machine, but there's no reason that we can't push templates at kids for books they're creating, for blog posts we want them to do, and, you know, as we can see here, even for movies we want them to make. We're here live on TeacherCast.tv with Dason Ortiz. Dason, take it away. Show us a little bit more about Apple Motion. All right, perfect. Um, first thing we, we, I do before I send this to Final Cut, I just make sure everything's prepped. So I just want to make sure all my drop zones are published. So I just click on my drop zone layer and go in here and make sure it says publish. Go to the next one. Publish. Just make sure they're all published. And what that does is pretty much telling Final Cut that these things are drop zones. So let me just make sure all those. Okay, that one was already published. And one thing I just want to do really quick is this um, this red rectangle. I want to publish that color. So in case I want to change that later in Final Cut, I can publish that too. So I'm going to click Publish. And that's pretty much it for now. So I'm just going to uh, save this just for safety. And then I'm going to go to File and then Publish as Template. Publish a template. Click on Publish Template. And then I give it a, a name. And then I'm going to, I'm going to put this in my library called, uh, I'm going to publish this as a Final Cut Generator. There's a couple of questions on here. You have your screen in full screen mode? Is, is is your box in full in in full screen mode right now? My screen? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's why we're not seeing all the the drop downs in the file. Uh, everything that you're just you're you're explaining is actually not coming through right now. All right, let me do it again. No, no, well, that, it's okay. It's okay. I'm just letting you know that we're not seeing that stuff. Oh, the reason is because I think it since there are pop ups and I'm just sharing that application. So let yeah. me just change the screen share to be the whole screen. It's okay. We we can go on because we're 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 running we're running close here. Okay, sorry about that. All right. All right, let me go back. All right, so I'm just going to hit uh, Publish. I'm going to save as a Publish Template. I'm just going to let you know what I'm doing. I'm going to give it a name. I'm going to call it TeachCast. I'm just going to give it a category, which I'm going to give it something that's pre-made called Motion Master Templates. And I'm going to put it inside a theme, which is going to be, I'm going to put it under Free Templates. And then I'm just going to select Publish as a Final Cut Generator. So that's where I'm going to find it is under the Final Cut Generators. 
and then click Publish. And that's it. Now I'm going to share my screen inside of Final Cut. So let me go back in here, screen, share, Final Cut Pro. All right, so you can see my Final Cut? Yes. All right, perfect. I'm going to go into Generators, and now I'm going to go into Motion Master Templates. Oh, sorry, Generators. I was going to the effects. And now I'm going to look for that TeachCast. So it's right here. Now all I have to do is either double-click or just drag it onto my timeline. And then I just have to set what my timeline setting is. So it depends on what your video footage is set at is what you will set this timeline to be. So I'm going to set it for 29.97. It's the frame per second or how, um, how you, at what speed you want your t timeline to play back at. Okay, so here's the animation. That's exactly how I made it inside of Motion. Okay, and now once I'm in here, I can just click on the, the, uh, the actual generator, go into my generator settings, and now I just add the images. So I can just click on the drop zone, go into the images one at a time, And let's add one more here. And then I can change that color of the bar. I want to change it to a blue. And just click Apply Clip. And as you can see, all the images got added to that animation. And you see now that bar is blue. And if I want to change that text, all I have to do is go in there and type in the new text. So, that seems really, really easy there. Yeah, the text is published. So yeah, I can now actually go in there and I can change the font. I can, you know, change the position a little bit. And same thing with the drop zones. I just have to double click on that drop zone and change the position if I want to as well. I don't know about you, Sam, but I feel like writing a blog post now about roller skates. <laughs> Definitely. And all these images I got from gratisography.com. They're free to use for commercial purposes. So I love their photography. Say that say one more time so we can copy that down. Sorry, it's gratisography. Right here you can see it. So it's gratisography. And they share their images for commercial or personal use, and they're beautiful images. I use it for my demo purposes. Nice. Uh, actually, if you can do us a favor in the chat box here, if you can type that in, we'll make sure that it gets on the show notes. Sure, no problem. And, uh, so, Sam, here's another good example of, you know, if you as a teacher set up a little template, your students can easily take it and run. I mean, you don't have to use motion with your kids, but to set up a motion template to then put into Final Cut, your students should be able to take it away and, you know, ch put put their name on it or, or put their favorite picture of it or, or you know, especially these, these beginning lessons of, you know, how was your vacation – these are really, really simple, easy things to get to get a, even an elementary school student to do. Well, and templates really are the key to differentiated instruction when you're doing something like video production like this. If you can give the kids a starter template, you can get them more quickly to done, and you can help the students that aren't as tech and video savvy as the you know be successful. All right, so let's go back here. 
I love the uh, the resources he's sharing with us. The, the gratisography, that's great. And before, in in the pre-show, he was talking a little bit about a tool that he didn't get a chance to mention yet, I don't think, and I wanted to mention here, which is called Screen Hero. And Screen Hero allows you to uh, screen share with someone and both your mouse and their mouse is visible on the screen. So it's a great way I know uh, Google Helpouts are really uh, popular, but this is also a great way to work with someone else on their computer screen. And is that ScreenHero.com? I believe it is. I've got it linked in the show notes already, and I'm trying to convince it to show me what that link says. Uh, ScreenHero.com, indeed. That's a great tool to use for teaching or for showing somebody something because both mouse mouse cursors are on the screen at the same time, so it's very easy to show people how things work. And you put the movement in the hand of the learner, which is what you were talking about before. Instead of you doing it for them, they're doing it, and you can just point to things on the screen. Does Screen Hero make screencasts? Does it record the, the screen? Um, as of now, I think that's a feature they're going to add, but as far as recording, I just use ScreenFlow when I do my recordings and my tutorials. Got it. That, that's, ScreenFlow is what I use too, and it's, it's not, not cheap, but it's a really, really good ScreenFlow recorder. One of my yeah, favorite features about that is that it takes all your desktop icons and, and makes them disappear, so you actually look <laughs> neater than you do. Really, really neat. Um, Jason, thank you so much for, for coming on. I mean, there's so much here in the world of, of Apple Motion. I would certainly, you know, Sam, I would certainly think this would be a great um, topic that we can re-hit in the future here. Um, I mean, just as far as having, having Jason come on or have other guests come on and, and talk about template-based things, there's a lot of neat stuff going on here. And, and obviously, looking at the chat room here, there's a lot of good questions around this. Definitely. Jason, tell us a little bit about some of the work that you're doing. We were looking at your website. You you do full-blown like professional commercials and stuff. Tell us about those. Um, sure, yes, I do commercials. I've been working remotely for, well, about six years now. So pretty much I work with producers from different parts of the world, and they send me pretty much their footage, a script, and we go over what they need, and I just create a commercial for them. You can find my work at Dayson.com, D-E-Y-S-O-N.com. And I do everything from uh, infomercials to short TV commercials to documentaries and whatever a person needs. How did you and get also st- do training consultation as well. How did you get started with all of this? Is this something that you started when you were elementary school, or is this like just a passion that kind of grew out? Yeah, I started when I was, uh, I'd say, about elementary school, doing movies on the weekends with my friends, you know, little scripts, little movies. So, and I just kept going at it. Nice. Uh, Let me ask you to get off your screen share real quick there. Sure. I don't know about you, Sam, but I bet Dayson would be good to uh, Google Hangout into a classroom to showcase some of these things. Uh, That'd probably be amazing, right? He might actually be really, really good to do a demonstration for, like, the intro to, say, like a Craig Yen show. Ooh, that's a good idea. We we should probably open the door and explain to him what we were talking about. (laughs) Well, the, uh, we have, you know, one of the things about podcasting is you're always reaching out to people to see if they're interested in actually doing a podcast. And we have a friend who watches the show, Craig Yen, 
and he goes to all of these Twitter chats every week and, like, attends them and participates and knows a lot of stuff and connects a lot of people, and we're trying to convince him that what he needs to do for the education community is to have his own podcast each week that's essentially a wrap-up show for the chats that he's attended. So he talks about what was big on the chat this week, what's going to be on the chat next week. And it's just like a, you know, something like a 10-minute show, right? But um, we've mentioned this to him a couple of times. He says, oh, yeah, that's, that's a good idea, but nothing happens with it. So we figure if we just keep pushing harder and harder that eventually he'll have to take it on. In fact, I filmed uh, part of an episode of the Craig Yen show this week, um, and we were going to push that out, but I think we're going to hold that back another week and see if I can uh, paste his face on a couple of the puppets I was using. So essentially you're saying, Sam, if we already have the intro made, he will have to say yes to this. I was watching a movie, and it kept saying, build it and they will come, and I'm pretty sure it was talking about the Craig Yen show. <laughs> Very, very cool. And if you'd like to see the Craig Yen show out there, please tweet him over at Craig Yen. We would love to have him. Jason, where can we find out more information about you on your social networks? Where, where do we find you online? Uh, my website is Dason.com, D-E-Y-S-O-N.com. And you can just Google me, DasonOrtiz.com. You can find all my social connections. Fortunately, I have a very unique name, so it makes it easier for people to find me. Definitely and check him out. Story as well, it's just MotionMasterTemplate.com. You can download free templates for my store. I have about 10 free templates for you to use. I, I, I certainly recommend that. And, you know, the way that we actually got connected was because back in February, um, we did a Final Cut show. And I think that thing is up to like 7,800 hits or something like that. And I guess somebody watched it and connected with you and said, hey, did you know that I used your template? Yes. And I thought you were going to come after me. But... <laughs> But but no, it was it great stuff. I love that template that you used. And if you you know if you're watching out there, please check out that template. We'll make sure we have it in our in our show notes again over at Tech Educator Podcast. This is episode number sixty one. And so yeah, uh, continued success with everything. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing this this great tool with us. Thank you, thank you very much. And uh, make sure to sign up for the newsletter because I'll be putting on new ones. And now that I did this one for you, the quickie, I think I'm going to do another one since it's very popular. That web video. Maybe something along the lines with, with websites as well. Well, if you want to do one for Craig Yen, I'm sure he would. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, definitely. We can work on something together. And I, I like teaching by doing. I think that's the best way to learn. Very, very cool. Um, Sam, what's going on in your world this year, this week now that you are uh, post-GTA? And uh, I know school is coming up for you. Well, this week we are doing everything from programming iPads to updating databases to trying to figure out what this makerspace is going to look like. Um, and in amongst all of that, we're getting ready for our upcoming Google shows. So next week, Tech Educator Podcast is going all googly, and we're going to be talking to a number of people who have written different Google extensions, I think. We, uh, we, uh, we have a few people lined up. I know we have talked to Wee Video, who wants to come on, which is another great video. It's free video editing, online-based. It's uh, one of the Google app extensions. I believe we're going to be trying to get Scoot and Doodle back onto the show. And we also have talked to... Uh, Kaizena is going to come back on? Yep. So check that out. Um, we have a, you know, the rest of August we are going to be Googling, and uh, I think September might be, might be Googling. We're, we're trying to get some, some great guests on. So uh, we will be doing intro to Google Apps, and of course it's very timely because Google just like 
changed everything about Google Docs and Google Drives, and there's so much new stuff. Um, Thank goodness, right? It, it's amazing what happens. Um, I do want to say congratulations. I understand that we have the first ever Google certified puppet. Yes. Well, um, he doesn't have a certificate, but someone else tweeted that he must be the first GCP. So Waka, I believe, is the first Google certified puppet. I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Guys, coming up next, we have the fourth episode of Brad Gustafson's podcast, 30 Second Take. And the way that this show works is watch it. It's about three minutes long. It's an amazing piece of video. You think that this stuff was done in the background with Apple Motion, but it's actually done in a program called TouchCast, which is a great app for the iPad. And essentially, Brad takes one educator and pins his great idea up against another great educator. And using the hashtag 30 Second Take, you can vote to see which educator moves on to episode five. And so we've been doing this now for the last four weeks. Check it out. We're going to be playing that right after this show. There is no principal cast tonight, so you guys can go and uh, catch up on your Once Upon a Time and, and on your House of Cards episodes. Uh, one more time, Dason, thank you so much. Check him out, Dason.com, Sam, mypaperlessclassroom.org, and of course, please check out the brand new TeacherCast website. We are so close to being finished with it for the summertime and uh, moving forward with everything. want to thank everybody out there. want to thank Craig and Peggy for uh, being great audience members and everybody else. I saw people pop- popping in. We are here live every single Sunday night at 7 o'clock as the Tech Educator Podcast. Thank you so much. Enjoy everything and enjoy the rest of the summer, folks. See you next week.